Good morning. It's 1107. I just discovered this uh, today. I hadn't uh, been aware of this, but apparently if you're pregnant and you want a divorce in the state of Missouri, you can't get one. Interestingly, during the break, a friend of mine called and she said that if you got an abortion, you could get the divorce. So uh, that's even more reason for me to think uh, Republicans need to get on the uh, get on the ball and get rid of this law. This is stupid. Eight hundred five two nine five five seven two, or if you're local, eight seven four ninety three ninety. You can also send me a message from GaryNolan dot com, and it'll pop up in studio. Uh, JD's been hanging on the line. JD, good morning. Good morning. Yes, I've had this happen to me um, about 27 years ago, about 25 years ago. Uh, me and my wife were getting divorced at the time, and um, I found out she was pregnant by somebody else. So I uh, told my lawyer, and so he told her lawyer, well, they uh, ended up um, saying we couldn't get divorced, which really sucked because my insurance had to pay for the baby to be born. <laughs> So you had to pay for somebody else's baby? Yes. <laughs> oh, my. So, yeah, I, I would. I think it'd be good to get rid of that law, too. <laughs> All right, J.D., thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, the, the more I uh, think about this and the more information I get, the more sure I am that this Democrat is right. I got a message from Robert. He said, when myself and my wife got together... She was still married, and her ex lived in Florida. When she went through her divorce, our son was already born, and her ex-husband had to sign an affidavit, I know I could say that, stating it wasn't his child, and I had to sign one saying he was mine. We were not allowed to file due to her being pregnant. Wow. Had no idea. I didn't either. What, so How could if, we not have known that? Because we didn't divorce uh, <laughs> our pregnant spouses, I, I guess. But unless you're showing the baby bump, I just, I would lie. I would say no. I mean, they're not giving them a pregnancy test. I'm sure, too, that if you're in that predicament, they probably ask you anytime you get a divorce, are you pregnant? Well, Are you currently I, pregnant? I'm, that's probably one of the questions. Well, then, then she should lie. Nope. Oh boy. <laughs> nope. Because it's none of their business. This Can is you just say, another I, case. I don't know. I, I I don't think so. Yeah, it's just another case of the government sticking its nose where it doesn't belong. If a couple want a divorce. They want a divorce. Get out of the way. All right. Uh, let me go, uh, let me see here. Uh, no, I don't think I'll read that one on the air. Whoa. Uh, but apparently somebody is uh, not happy about uh, Ukraine. Uh, let me, uh, let me go here and get Gary. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. I had a family member who had the same situation. They were separated from their spouse for a time. Uh, she got pregnant by another man. And even though they had... The, the blood test that said that that baby did not they knew who the father was and they knew that it, it wasn't my family member 
but they would not let that divorce happen until after that baby was born. And then they had to do another blood test. It was just ridiculous. The whole process was just horrid. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the Democrats are uh, like a stop clock. Uh, twice a day, they might be right. Um, I, I, just, I, I think this is a law that should go. All right. Gary, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I know there are other priorities out there. I, I don't deny that uh, legislation dealing with spending and dealing with initiative petitions and gun rights and all kinds of other things are very important. But this ought to be a slam dunk. This ought to just sail right through. Uh, Republicans should be on board with it because they're the quote-unquote small government advocates. And they should realize that uh, this is not the job of the state to decide when a divorce can go through. It, it, it shouldn't take but a couple of minutes. Here it is. Everybody sign up. Let's move it over to the Senate. Everybody sign up. Let's send it to the governor. Let's get rid of it. It should be that simple. It won't be, but it should be. But uh, Ashley, uh, I think it's A-U-N-E. A-U-N-E uh, is that how you pronounce it, Brian? A -U -N -E -N? I'm not sure. I've never, I don't know who she is. Uh, she's a Missouri state representative. She introduced legislation that would overturn the ban. And I think, I think she's right. I'm, I'm going to have to go check in uh, with some mental facility because this is twice now I've agreed with a Democrat. It makes me want to uh, take a shower. But, you know, when she's right, she's right. I don't know what else to tell you. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Down in Texas, the state is suing Pornhub, which is uh, apparently a, a porn website. And... I guess they're supposed to uh, check IDs. The first age verification lawsuit against a major web porn purveyor is here. On Monday, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton announced that he is suing Pornhub's parent company, ALO. He claims it's violating a Texas law that was passed last year. It requires porn websites to use reasonable age verification methods to make sure viewers are 18 or above and to post warnings about porn's alleged harms, along with a number of national mental health uh, hotline. <laughs> They're going to give them a mental health hotline phone number. Texas has a right to protect its children from detrimental effects of pornographic content, said Paxton. I look forward to holding any company accountable that violates our age verification laws intended to prevent minors from being exposed to harmful, obscene material on the Internet. Now, do I think 12-year-olds should be downloading porn? Of course not. Do I think it's the state's job to make sure that they don't? No. But you may have a differing opinion. You may think that this makes sense, that you check someone's ID to make sure that they're 18 years old or older before they can look at pornography.
But I think there are some problems with this. And I'll talk about that next on The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. On the uh, pregnancy uh, thing, uh, Eric sent a message. He said, on the flip side, what if the woman lied? Like you're saying that she was pregnant only to go uh, to go on and get on welfare because the father has no idea he has a child or a court can make the father pay support. I know, I know, and totally agree with you there. This sh- There should be no welfare. Greg says, mid-90s, in the middle of a divorce, got the wife pregnant. <laughs> you almost made up, huh? Uh, proceedings halted until the baby was born, got divorced after the paternity test. Uh, Roger said, I wonder if the divorce law has something to do with the amount of child support due to the wife. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm with you, Gary. Two times in three days, I've agreed with the Democrats, says Melissa. Are they getting a smidge bit of common sense? No, Melissa, it's probably just an accident. All right. Pornography. I don't know where you stand on pornography, and I don't care. Some of you, in fact, a lot of you watch pornography. How do I know this? Because those websites are making a ton of money. So it's not like, gee, there's just a few freaks on the outside of, you know, edges of of society. Lots of people look at pornography. In Texas, if you want to do that, you're supposed to have to prove your age. Now, it sounds good. The goal is good. The goal is so that minors don't download pornography. Who wants their 13-year-old watching that? Nobody. At least nobody with any sense. The problem is they're making it the vendor's job to check their ID. Now, in order to do this, I'm assuming you have to give up some kind of personal information. How else are they going to know? I mean, have you been to websites, Brian? I've been like if I'm doing a guns uh, story, and I want to go to a gun uh, manufacturer's website, it'll say, uh, "Are you 18 or over?" Oh yeah, uh huh. So I click that. They got no idea if I'm 18 or over. I could be. I could identify I as a 12 year old, and they, they would the have no same way of- thing for like vape shops and uh, smoking materials and alcohol. If you want to buy it online. Same type of easy question. Yeah, I am. Okay. Okay, that's good enough. We trust you. We don't think any minors would, you know, lie just to get on. So in order for a website that's showing pornography to guarantee that somebody is 18 years old or older, they're going to have to give up some personal information. Driver's license? I don't know. Social security? Oh, I don't know what they have to give up, but I'm sure they got to give up something to validate their age. Now, if you could trust that whoever it is that's collecting this information will never share it with anybody, you might have a chance. But I don't think so. Uh, I imagine you're running for political office 
and somebody who's, uh, you know, from the opposing party sees your name and ID come up and go, oh, Senator so-and-so has been downloading porn and they release that news. You're, you're, you're toast. I mean, I have nothing to do with your ability to be a, a legislator, but you're toast. But what happens if the website gets hacked? I know that never happens much. Imagine then that some, you know, that everybody gets access to that information. I think the state of Texas is out of line. I think this is a dangerous precedent. And also, does anybody remember that definition of pornography? I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. The result was it's protected speech. How can a state demand that protected speech be only available to people that they think should be able to access it? I don't see how this holds I don't, th- I don't I don't see how this holds up in court. There just isn't a way to safely do this, nor is it the job, I think, of the government to protect your kids from this kind of exposure. Uh, If I were a parent of a young child, I would not give them a smartphone I would put the computer in the family room and I would make sure that, you know, and I would put software on the computer that helps to prevent this. No system is perfect. I would give them my view. If I didn't want them to watch porn, I would would give them my reasons for, for protecting them from it. And I would watch and make sure, as best I could, that they weren't exposed to it. No guarantee that I would succeed. But as a parent, I would be a homeschooler, so that would be, uh, you know, a, a bit more control over who the kids hang out with. It's my job as a parent to try to keep my child from being exposed to this. It's not the government's job. At least that's what I think. If you've got a different view of this, feel free. Give me a call. But I just don't think that it is the government's job to demand that you <clears throat> give up give up ID. I, uh, the TV on my side is winked out, Brian. Okay. Uh, Breaking news, uh, looks like Mitch McConnell is going to step down as the uh, Senate GOP leader. Details are forthcoming. Yeah, I can't say that I'm too disappointed in that. Uh, All right, so anyway, that's, uh, that's just not their job. It's your job. And you may or may not succeed. But it's... Doesn't the thought of your ID being associated with this being broadcast all over the world a bit problematic? And there are people listening to me now. They're not going to call. I understand that. They're not going to call. 
but they watch porn on the web. There are progressives and there are conservatives, and they do this. But they aren't going to call and say, Gary, you're right, because they don't want to expose themselves. If they don't want to call and expose themselves on this program, why would they want that information in the hands of a third party? Or perhaps if hacked, the whole world. Just saying. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. Those are the numbers that will uh, get you into the studios. Brian found an amusing piece at at um, the Babylon Bee. Uh, do you think that would translate? I don't know. I think so, maybe. It's, it's, uh, it's, very, it's funny. You know, <laughs> of course, that uh, President Biden uh, made an unannounced trip to see his doctor, to see the doctor. Uh, the Babylon Bee has covered this. Uh, Biden taken to coroner for annual physical. <laughs> Uh, Washington, D.C., President Biden is being lifted in Marine One to a local coroner for his annual physical exam, sources in Washington say. The president passed the exam with flying colors. His body is so lifelike and well-preserved, said representative from the D.C. Medical Examiner's Office. With a fresh injection of formaldehyde and some makeup, he looks like he's still with us. Just look at him. So peaceful. It looks like he's just sleeping. (laughs) Oh, God, these guys are so funny. I don't know, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. Uh, but they sure do come up with some fun stuff. Kurt Schaefer is in the news. And um, I like Kurt. Uh, but in fact, uh, he'd been on the, he came on the show several times uh, after he uh, was timed out as a senator, state senator. And he apparently is thinking of running for the House of Representatives. He's he's looking to replace Blaine Lutkemeyer. And some, you know, I like Blaine personally. I mean, he's a nice guy, uh, but I think he's a terrible Republican. Not conservative at all. Uh, Kurt Schaefer, I know him uh, better even, and I like him, and he is more conservative. I don't know if his views change. When he was uh, coming on the program after he was term limited out, he sounded pretty libertarian. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to maintain that or if he's going to lean into the Republican view of things. Uh, but he says this moment in our country's history demands not only conservative fighter, but a conservative winner. Um, and so he's announced his candidacy. There are some... Uh, some other uh, Republicans who are looking for that seat, um, and that uh, that includes Bob Onder and Elizabeth Coleman, um, Taylor Burks of Hartsburg, former Boone County clerk, announced uh, his intention to run, has yet to file. Uh, Schaefer was in the Missouri Senate until 2017. Like the guy. All right, quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
It is 11.35, and uh, let me uh, get you up to date on Mitch McConnell. The story is that he will step down as the Senate's Republican leader in November um, after what they say is a, a record run uh, in the job. Uh, he's maintained his power in the face of dramatic convulsions uh, in the Republican Party for almost 20 years. will step down in November. Uh, he turned 82 last week, was set to announce his decision Wednesday in the well of the Senate, a place where he looked in awe from its back benches in 1985 when he arrived and where he grew increasingly comfortable in the front row seat afforded the party's leaders. I, <clears throat> you know what really ought to scare you about this story? 1985. That's when this guy got in the Senate. 1985? That's, that's almost 35, 40 years this guy's been in the Senate. Did, didn't he think he ought to go out and get a job at some point? D didn't he think it's, you know, I, I've, I, I did two terms. It's time for me to move on. I, I, I would, I don't understand this. I, I don't understand this. Um, it shouldn't be a career. You, you go do your time. You dedicate yourself to the country that, that, uh, that you live in, that you love, the republic that you, you cherish, and you do your best to keep it in good standing and when you've served a couple of terms, you really ought to go home. You know what they should have for a retirement program in the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives? Nothing. 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 They should pay you what it costs to... In fact, and I've argued this before, you shouldn't even have to go to Washington, D.C., to be a member of the of the legislature. And and they can do this. They can have a dedicated line and they can have a meeting, go to meeting and have one office in the district where the congressman lives or in the state where the senate resides, senator resides. And you wouldn't have to pay them very much at all. They wouldn't have to maintain two households. It would be difficult, if not impossible, for lobbyists to hit every congressman. Think about this. First, you would have hundreds more members of the House of Representatives. They'd be scattered all over the country. You wouldn't be able to, you know, just go to the... Uh, the Rayburn building or whatever federal office building uh, the members are in to lobby them, you'd, you'd have to go to everywhere. Uh, it would save the federal taxpayer a ton of money. And after two terms, you vacate. You shouldn't have to be paying for somebody's retirement. Uh, you shouldn't have to be paying for their health insurance. Man, we have screwed this up so royally in the last 100 years. I want you to ask yourself, 
Does your member of the House of Representatives really represent you? Does your member of the House share your beliefs in how the government should run? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe in some rare cases, but for the most part, I don't think so. Uh, Dave is on the line. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Terry. My question is, uh, is I want to know how much this guy was worth when he uh, uh, came into office in 85 and uh, how many millions uh, he's worth right now. You know, that these guys come in and make, what, 175000 or so a year, and, uh, and they, uh, after a few years, they're, they're millionaires. Just really brilliant investing on their part, Dave. They're really oh, good yeah, at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like Pelosi with her just just made that big chips investment, made one and a half mil. They're just really good at, at picking stocks. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not buying that at all, are you? No, no, not at all, Gary. Sorry. All right, all right Dave. All right, have a good day, Gary. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Roger, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gary. Actually, Mitch McConnell does have another job. He uh, He's employed by his wife's Chinese shipbuilding company. Yeah, well, he's not dedicating a lot of time to that job. I'm just no, he saying. Really, he doesn't really have to. He just gets the paychecks, you know, through the family. Yeah, I wonder if he gets to influence. No, nah, never. That couldn't be. No, nah, never mind. No, I got to send anything. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kid, to think about it, the guy's been doing this for 40 years. Yeah. That's way too long. Every, all the rest of us go out and get jobs and work. It, it, yeah, it, it, he, he should be one of the many poster boys for term limits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Roger, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell endorsed Reagan's view of America's role in the world. Uh, I mean, Reagan, you're going back to the mid-80s. This, this should not be. It's not like I think the government should put the term limits on, but I think common sense ought to prevail. And I guess that's never going to happen. But it's not a career. You go into Hollywood to make movies, that's a career. You work in radio, that's a career. If you're picking up refuse, uh, working for the city, that's a career. That's a job. That's... That's how you, you know, you produce and you consume. I don't care if you're selling appliances or you're working in a factory. That's a job where you produce and you consume. Legislators don't produce. Go get a real job. This, this idea that you absolutely have to be in the legislature for year after year, race after race. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, old-fashioned. But I think nobody should serve more than two terms in the Senate. That's like 16 years. 
if they didn't pay so well, if they didn't have that retirement program, if they weren't given inside information about legislation that would affect corporations so they could make big stock purchases, they'd go in, do their time, think it's a sacrifice, which it should be, and then they'd retire. Go back home and go to work. It, it, and it should be. It should be a sacrifice. Instead, they're getting rich. And they're getting rich off of you. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's just insane what we're doing. Chuck Schumer says he's really, really shaken by what he saw in the Ukrainian border. It's really rattled his cage. <laughs> Uh, we'll play a little audio for you next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. All right, uh, a little update on uh, the economic future, and uh, we're going to kick this segment off, though, with uh, apparently D Chuck Schumer being so stunned at what he found at the Ukraine border. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, there's no reason for that to happen. Let's go. Yeah, I know. I'm not either. Alrighty. I don't know what's happened, but I've lost the audio. Um, he was uh, attacking uh, Speaker Johnson uh, because Johnson wants protection for our border, but he was aghast at what he saw uh, in Ukraine. He wants to protect their border. Let me see if we can... Huh. I don't know what happened here. All right, I, I apologize. Uh, I, I apparently did not save the audio. I got the video, though. I can show you the video, Brian. You, you want to step yeah, into the inner studio here? That. You can take a look at it. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me get to the economy then. J.P. Morgan sent out a missive. It, in, in, they're talking about uh, what to look for in, uh, in the economy. This is not some conservative organization. This is not uh, Professor Sabrin. This is not me. This is J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan warns investors should brace for 1970s-style stagflation. Uh, U.S. stocks smashed a record high last week, but the rally may not last for long thanks to heightened risks that the economy returns to the 70s-style stagflation scenario. In an analyst note uh, to clients, the bank's chief market strategist warned that the economy may turn away from a Goldilocks scenario in which it is not expanding or contracting by too much and enter a period of stagflation similar to what we experienced in the 1970s. They keep telling you that, that, you know, the job market looks good, the economy is hot, inflation is under control, and I keep, and I, and I feel like I'm being redundant, but I just, I want to make sure that people don't believe this nonsense about how good the economy is, because it's not. Most of the jobs in the job market are either government jobs or part-time jobs, and it, it, you're, you're looking at it. Continued inflation, they say it's coming, that it's not going up at the rate it was. But it's still 
above their target rate. And I don't, I honestly don't know how they bring it down. How do you bring it down? How do you get inflation down when the administration is spending money hand over fist? Earlier in the program, I talked about how the administration wants to pay students to go out and get people registered to vote. I pointed out that Biden is not doing as well with young people as uh, as he was the first time around. So he's taking two big expensive stabs at getting them in his court. One of them is to pay their college loans. The other one is this program to uh, to pay kids to go out and get people registered. Something that was not a paid job before. And every time they, they spend a dime, whether it's the, to pay out the college loan or to give these students money, they're making you a little bit poorer. They're, they're giving you a tax hike that you don't get to vote on. So as long as, as the administration keeps doing this, along with all the other uh, financial woes that we have, all the other ex- extensive spending, you keep causing inflation. No, it was, you know, it was $3 trillion, Brian. I think it was $3 trillion in 2020. Man. Three trillion. It's thirty-four plus trillion dollars now. We're we're about a third of the way through another trillion dollars. It'll be thirty-five trillion probably in the next couple of months. And don't forget, we read a report uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that now the interest on the debt is over a trillion dollars. Yeah, uh, it, we're we're paying more. That's incredible. Yeah, we'll never pay this off ever. And nobody's doing anything. That's what frustrates They don't me. see it as a problem. Well, they don't see it as a problem now because they just want to get through this next election. Yeah, well, but, I mean, every time you have a changing of the guard, no matter who's in the White House, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, they do nothing to fix it. They're afraid to fix it because they know that these cuts are going to be painful. But is it their fault or is it our fault? Is it the fault of voters... I don't know that it's our fault per se, because, I mean, we, we say that, hey, you voted for him. Well, put up somebody that is, you know, principled, like a Rand Paul or somebody like that, and I'll vote for him. But they don't. But They'd they never be elected. Well, the Democrats and the Republicans don't put up principled candidates, but certainly the LP does. We got a, in fact, I've got a, a, you know, people keep asking me about uh, libertarian candidate for president. I've got one coming on the program on Friday. Friday morning, you will hear from a libertarian presidential candidate. Um, he is one of the leading candidates right now. And I think, uh, I think he's a pretty good guy. He's Chase Oliver. He's going to be with us. Principled, going to be on the ballot in probably all 50 states, if not 49. You can, you can vote for this guy. The reason nobody, you know, the reason a lot of people are going to say, no, 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 I'm going to vote for him is because they're afraid of Biden being in for four more years. Well, what the hell difference does it make? Biden's not going to stop the spending and neither is Trump. And, and for that matter, neither will the Republicans in the legislature. They will not 
do what needs to be done to protect the republic. You've you've got this conservative caucus, these these uh, nearly libertarian, but not quite, uh, uh, members of the House of Representatives, and everybody's upset with them. Uh, they're making it impossible for the Republicans to get anything through. Well, that's because they're standing on their principles. They're not voting the party line. They're doing what, you know, small government advocates do. They don't want to spend money on Ukraine. They don't want to spend money on Israel. But they're vilified. And the American public buy it. They, they assume that, you know, if the news media tell them these people are obstructionists and they're bad guys, well, then they must be. Well, the Republicans can't get anything through. It's liable to cost them a race. Well, maybe it's because the Republicans that won't join these true conservatives are the ones who are the problem. Maybe it's it's not, you know, those, uh, those uh, uh, Freedom Caucus members. Maybe it's the rest of the House. Maybe it's the rest of the Republicans. But if voters, you know, won't do what what needs to be done, if they won't stand on principle, if they will vote for the unprincipled, they're going to get unprincipled, and we'll be we'll be bankrupt. The currency will just implode. Yeah. Then where will you get your Medicare? Where will you get your Social Security? You won't. Won't be available. All right, I have a, a couple more pieces that I wanted to play, but but uh, we're fast running out of time, so we're going to take a pass on this. We'll play it again. Uh, we'll play it for you tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we've got uh, a prevalence of female psychopaths more common than once believed. Yeah, they used to think that it was like uh, six to one female uh, psychopaths to male psychopaths. Turns out it's more like 1.2 to one. They're just about as ubiquitous as male psychopaths. But they operate differently. And I'll explain how they do that um, tomorrow during the program, which, by the way, is Think Tank Thursday. So join us for that. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.